So the thing about Van Halen is this has always been dumb music for dumb people, right? Lowest common denominator shit. People who think Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused is the ultimate role model. <laughs> my eyes are rolling in my head so hard right now. Be a lot cooler if you did, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom of the fucking barrel bullshit. It's not even a controversial statement. Like the entire point of this band is so obviously just to be dumb. Yeah. I always wonder if people in bands like this regret their decision to make dumb music for dumb people because then your whole fan base is just people who are dumb as fuck. You know who I see as being the ultimate Van Halen song is that one character from Revenge of the Nerds, the big oafy guy that's just like, oh, oh it's like I know the, what you're talking big about. the big fuck, guy. Yeah, guy, yeah. He's guy. got like a crazy hair thing and like doesn't really speak English or just kind of like yeah. utters n- words. I mean, it's a fictional character, but I th- obviously that guy's real in some way. Like, his favorite band for sure is Van Halen, for sure. And he's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Drink more. I'm hot for the teacher. <laughs> the thing about Van Halen being dumb, though, is I don't believe the members of Van Halen, or at least the main creative forces of the band, are that stupid. David Lee Roth is obviously much smarter than most people can tell from his dumbass persona. All you got to do, listen to a few interviews, and you'll hear he's got a much larger vocabulary than the average person. Almost like he was playing a role. Oh, it's absolutely like he was playing a role. Okay, how do we make knuckle-dragging moron music or knuckle dragging morons. And I got to but the thing is, you can't just make that. You got to be it. And you got to laugh all the way to the fucking bank because you sell so many records to morons that you're like, I love this. <laughs> it, well, it, yeah, it helps that you're making money hand over fist. And it made it easier that Dave was on a cocktail of drugs that would stop the average person's heart. He was fucking wrecked the whole time. So it made it pretty easy to just play dumb. A lot of people look at Van Halen and see what's there on the surface. They complete with all the moronic, whoa, 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 like barbershop quartet scatting segments. And they're like, wow, this band is moronic. But to me, it seems the more accurate statement would be, wow, this band is acting moronic. Sure. No, I definitely think it's a it's all a fucking ploy. I think it's really, really hard to get that huge and that rich and be a complete idiot. There's no fucking way he was ever really that dumb. And it's not just him, too. Did you know that after Eddie Van Halen saw the movie Spinal Tap, he asked the company who made his guitar amps to put 11s on the knobs? Need that. Need that for the uh, character that I'm playing. I need to live up to the character that everyone thinks this is there was this one time where van halen said that they were going to skydive into a concert and then they just hired stuntmen to skydive in wearing the same jumpsuits and then so then the band is just like hiding somewhere people actually skydive in and then van halen runs on stage wearing the same jumpsuits and everyone goes crazy because they have no idea right wow they just saw oh my god that was so real If there's one thing that everyone knows about Van Halen, one little piece of trivia, it's the brown M&Ms. Yes, which I will say, uh, I I really have a hard time with this. Okay, so is it because he's just a complete mind-boggling egomaniac? That's what everyone thought. Right, or is it because they said legitimately from a production standpoint, 
if you read the writer and when they have this long ass, you know, you may not know this, but every time a band tours, every band has expectation, rules, guidelines, blah, blah, blah. It's a writer. So if you, most uh, people don't read the writer, but in this situation, if you had read the writer, you know, they want all the brown M&Ms taken out. If you didn't take the brown M&Ms out, that means you probably didn't pay attention to the rest of the writer. And the idea was, oh shit, there's brown M&Ms. Okay, well now we need to go through everything else to prove that you actually did what we need you to do. Yeah, so for decades, people assumed that this was just a bunch of rock stars being prima donnas and making people cater to their every little whim. Which is very common, by the way. Oh, that yeah, is, absolutely. of course, like uh, batteries or socks or some bullshit thing that they don't need or whatever is on writers <laughs> all the time. I've seen some crazy writers over the year. We definitely don't have time to go into this as an alternate that's subject. A, that's, that's a, a different podcast. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've seen writers where the entire band gets a new pair of shoes every show yes. like that kind yeah. of shit so for decades people thought that this was just rock star asshole bullshit but then david lee roth has actually come out and said like no we're doing a really intense stage show and and they were like if you look at what pink floyd was doing that's like more complicated than what van halen was doing but what van halen was doing was complicated not easy pretty sure there's a lot of like pyro involved they need it to be right or you're talking about if someone gets hurt they get sued they're the right. ones who get sued you yeah. know yeah. so at a certain point it's just like we can either come in and spend hours checking what the local people have done when yeah. we come in or we can have one way to find out whether or not they actually paid attention to everything that we asked them to do right and that's brown m&ms you yeah know, you go into the green room fuck there are brown m&ms there so we need to go over everything. Right. Pretty fucking it's smart. smart. It's actually <laughs> genius. Real quick, though, one of the things you just mentioned that just really registered in my brain, and this is kind of a little bit off topic a little bit, is uh, the people that I know were that were huge Van Halen fans really hated Pink Floyd. I think it's just the opposite of having a good time. Like yes. Van Halen is okay, having sure. a good time. Yeah, Pink yeah, Floyd yeah. is just the opposite of having yeah. a good time. Like we're going to have a bad time together right now. But it's only because we're smart and we yeah. get it. And that's why. So I could smoke <laughs> a ton of weed. Pink Floyd's going to make me think or be introspective or have a weird experience. Whereas Van Halen's just going to be like, we need more. Pink Floyd fans got beat up by Van Halen fans in for, school. That's, but for that's, sure. It's not hard. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Van Halen fans were bullies to literally everyone. Yeah. Definitely anybody that listened to any kind of music that wasn't Van Halen. Especially if it had a guitar in it. Roger Waters is a douche. And so are you, nerd. Well, that's like an objectively true statement. <laughs> like Roger Waters <laughs> is a fucking douche. <laughs> My personal favorite piece of Van Halen trivia is the fact that they made David Lee Roth their singer in order to avoid having to pay him $35 to rent his PA every time they wanted to play a show. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Dude, 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 just join the fucking band. <laughs> Just join the fucking band, man. I can't do this $35 every time we play. Well, and he wanted to be famous so bad. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he probably proposed it. Like, you know, sure. if you've, like, made me your singer, I wouldn't charge you to rent my PA every time. <laughs> Yo, <you're> like, <laughs> all right, hear me out. You could get this really shitty PA for free <laughs> if I could just be in your fucking band. I also, I, would, I never have. I would love to see a picture of this PA what it actually looked like what even was it and how much did it even cost like it was like 500 I mean, we're talking like thing. 1977 yeah so no was, way this was good like no shit it was probably 300 dollars. like the whole thing like it, what was it like 
five patches I mean, on it. Like, what? How much is thirty five bucks in the late nineteen seventies? That's a lot of fucking it'd money. Back be, then. Like, it'd be like every time being a band and every time your singer shows up he's like yo you owe me a hundred bucks well, <laughs> I, like I think it might be more than that more, it might be I don't know no just join the band I guess you save money you get a singer whenever a band's first hit is a cover song that should always send up a red flag and I know a lot of people are going to be like oh so what they covered a song and it was a hit for the kinks and blah 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 it's like no that's not what happened man they didn't cover a song by a band that was already a hit they covered the first hit record from a band who then went on to prove that they were not one hit wonders Mm -hmm. so it was like this was a song that paved the way for an entire career for this other band and that's what they chose to cover so if you just think about that for a second again pretty smart it's also like here's what happened here And the revised mythology of Van Halen is that they capitalized on barely sneaking into the top 40 with their cover of You Really Got Me by uh, getting tour spots opening for bigger bands like Journey and Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And this is supposedly how they blew up into a huge band. And they did tour with those acts. But here's the thing about that. It was in 1978. This is before Journey had any hits And it's when Ozzy Osbourne's drug use was in the middle of making Black Sabbath concerts so bad they fired him the following year. Yeah. So it would have been literally impossible for Van Halen to not blow these acts out of the water. Yeah, it's like it's a little you're looking at it into the past and going, oh, shit, these are huge bands. But they weren't huge at the time or to the levels of what we think of as Journey or Black Sabbath. And yeah, if the headlining band is fucking drugged out of their minds and the singers literally can't barely function, the bar to be a better band than the headlining band is not even, it's literally touching the ground. Yeah. It's literally just resting on the ground. Oh, you can show up and actually play your instruments all the way through and your singer can finish the set. Wow, you're better than the fucking headlining band. Congratulations. Black Sabbath sucks. I mean, Van Halen was a two trick pony, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen, but it was two tricks that these audiences had never seen before. Right. And compared to the headliners, they're going to leave at the end of the night talking about how the opener was better than well, the headliner. It, yeah. In, in all fairness, you're going there to have a good time. You're probably going to have more fun with dumbass Van Halen than you are with anything else that's probably playing. You're probably just like this band just makes you want to drink more beer. Fuck yeah. Let's get wasted. The other thing about this is blowing a headliner out of the water does not necessarily translate into record sales for some opening band. And it certainly did not start selling Van Halen albums. They didn't become big because they were on these tours. Running with the Devil came out as a single in this time period, barely entered the top 100. And the other two singles they released in this time, including Ain't Talking About Love, one of the fucking classic singles now, bombed. It entirely failed to chart. These opening band slots did not result in them becoming a huge band like everyone talks about. Yeah, that again, what is that? Oh, there's like a revisionist history, (laughs) revisionist history. And there's like a bias of like looking back, you know, what journey became and you know how everyone talks about Black Sabbath. So you see these names involved and you're like, oh, but no, that's not what it was like at the time. People were mocking Black Sabbath and journey. No one knew who the fuck they were. Right. It was because people went back and listened to it after they got huge off the song that you probably hate. Van Halen's biggest early hit was on the second album and it was with the song dance the night away which is so completely embarrassing for van halen fans listening to this yeah that's the one that was their biggest first hit 
a horrible song. And if you don't know that song, it's because you think this band dropped Running With The Devil and Jamie's Crying and everyone lost their minds on Impact because of how fucking incredible this was. But no, that's not what happened. And you, if you think so, you definitely need to listen to all of Van Halen's horrific second album and fully internalize the fact that that's when they started having hits. When they made that terrible fucking album is when they started having hits. Then people went back, made those other songs bigger than they were at the time. And it's not some big mystery why Van Halen's second and third albums are bad. They were touring nonstop for something like four years, barely spending any time trying to write new material. And then every now and then they'd go spend two or three weeks making an album out of old scraps that had been laying around for years. Of course, those albums are bad. They weren't trying to make them good. It was just yeah. like the bare minimum of effort to have something to sell at the merch table. Yeah, the story is not. They spent two years in the studio <laughs> writing and, and honing their skills. Imagine. It was they went four years on the road partying themselves nearly to death and then shitting out a garbage album. I mean, by the time the fourth Van Halen album came out the fans who had been burned buying the others they were just not having it anymore so the record label finally started having to dump payola into van halen this is uh we're talking about 1981 the fair warning lp and i can't remember if it was van halen's producer or manager someone really close to it at the time eventually came out and said that it took nearly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of payola to get this album to go platinum insane guess what they did next another cover <laughs> they, got, <laughs> they then released a cover of roy orbison's pretty woman as the lead single from the next album which was approximately 50 percent covers i think that next album yeah and that cover of pretty woman is indefensible and unforgivable honestly by the way if they did this and then were also the greatest band of all time you would have to make them not the greatest band of all time because of this cover. because of this it's a kneecapper i am always skeptical of okay well if if the biggest songs that a band puts out are cover songs i feel like almost always it is a dead giveaway that this is a shitty band or a shitty genre like ska which wouldn't exist without covers right yeah it's literally only covers regurgitating <laughs> the same shit over and over again nobody writes original ska there are five original ska songs <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they have a very small pool of songs to choose from yeah, I, I guess they, uh, Van Halen falls into that category so uh, so easily. But then guess what happens with their cover of Pretty Woman? Yeah. Massive Huge. hit song. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's nearly it's, a top 10 pop hit. It's cheating. But it also, it says so much about the masses and their inability to recognize horrible music. There's nothing that I can say that's more damaging than the fact that this band's cover of Pretty Woman, which you need to listen to, because you're probably just hearing the Roy Orbison version yep. in your mind, which is honestly one of Roy Orbison's worst songs. And then Van Halen covers it. It's so much more worse than you're imagining. If you're just imagining how it sounds, please, please, please go listen to it. I always think it's really funny if you think about it because people think of Van Halen and it's all like just just insanely prolific guitar playing. Everything is about his guitar playing. <laughs> and then one of their biggest songs is a cover song where there's literally no guitar playing at all. There's nothing to do with the popularity of this band at that moment that has anything to do with his ability to play guitar. 
That is not a complicated song. This is going to piss a lot of people off, but we might as well just go ahead and talk about how overrated Eddie Van Halen is as a guitar player. Again, I'm not a guitar player. All I know is I, I definitely know guitar players that are like, oh my God, he's, he's one of the greatest guitar players ever. What kind of bands are they in? Metal bands. <laughs> I don't know. Not Yeah, I don't know anybody in anything but probably metal bands. Okay. Oh, geez, I need How many uh, fans do, do these bands have? Not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get a lot of text messages. Uh. Hey gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest t-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Van Halen fans are the epitome of dudes who think music is only real if it has a guitar in it. Oh, God, yeah. This is them. This is that. When this band started using synthesizers, it pissed off a huge chunk of their fan base. There are so many stories about Eddie Van Halen getting booed at concerts for also playing the synth solo in the song jump instead of just the guitar solo. Like when he went over to the synthesizer, everyone was like, boo. If you're old enough to be, have been playing guitar before 1990, the chances of you at some point thinking that Eddie Van Halen was God were probably pretty fucking high. Some point you probably thought like I play guitar because of Eddie Van Halen. I want to be Eddie Van Halen. Literally. That was all there was to the band. Van Halen was basically just him. So here's the thing about Eddie Van Halen. He can put his right hand on the part of the guitar that normally only the left hand would touch. And he can do pinch harmonics. And people who don't play guitar think that must make him a wizard or something. And those people should be listening to a lot more ZZ Top. But people who think Eddie Van Halen was the GOAT are... The same people who thought it was awesome that Alex Van Halen had four kick drums on his kit, even though it is impossible (laughs) to play four kick drums at the same time, even if you're a good drummer, which he was not. The guitar player wall of amps thing, which I'm, I gotta assume that Van Halen did at some point. Like a hundred percent. And two of them are real and the rest of them are false fronts. Exactly. It's like the drummer version of the wall of amps. Check out these drums. Really only this one works. The other four aren't even, there's no pedals even attached. I know for a fact, some poor son of a bitch is about to enter our YouTube comments and try to talk about the intro to hot for teacher. And dude, it sounds like a, a motorcycle, but it's actually him doing double kick or something. Well, yeah, it's him and it being delayed. So it sounds like he's hitting approximately twice as many right. drums as he's actually yeah, hitting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to be the person to break this to you, but like he can't play that. And it's not him playing that. Yeah. Like, he's playing half of what you're hearing. Also, it sounds like shit. <laughs> like Even the way that it sounds when it's fit. I literally listened to it today and all I could think was, they should have just used a, a motorcycle. It just would have sounded cooler, I guess. 
at least 90% of Eddie Van Halen fanboys are the type of guitarist who think only lead guitar matters, which is in fact the inverse of the truth. Only rhythm guitar matters. And if you don't have good rhythm guitar, no one's ever going to give a fuck about the lead guitar. Yeah. If the guitar player of Toto hadn't laid down the main riff of Michael Jackson's Beat It, Exactly nobody would care that Eddie Van Halen played the solo on that song. And that is a fucking fact. You can be the greatest, fastest, shreddingest. If what mattered was just lead guitar skills, Ingve Mumstein would be the biggest artist on planet Earth. There's a reason why he's not. You need that rhythm guitar. People like that. They don't want to just hear somebody shredding and riffing the whole time. Drummers no different. Just because you can beat the drums really fast and play a ton of crazy shit doesn't mean anything to the fact that makes you an enjoyable person to listen to. Yeah, if it did, more of you would know who I was referencing when I said the name Thomas Pridgen right now. You would know what I was talking about and you'd fucking don't. The other thing, uh, what you said made me think of uh, Jimi Hendrix. So Jimi Hendrix gets talked about as one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And people who don't know shit about music usually think that that is because people are talking about his lead guitar. And they're not. It's because he was one of the most innovative rhythm guitar players. His rhythm guitar playing is so much better than his lead guitar playing, which was also great. And if you don't think so, definitely listen to the Band of Gypsies album because you haven't. But his rhythm guitar playing is the entire game. Hendrix's rhythm guitar playing was a nuclear bomb on the instrument. And that's why he's talked about as one of the great ones. It's not the lead. No one fucking cares about lead guitar players except for lead guitar players. There has got to be at least 100 videos on YouTube of small children playing Eruption note for note. I didn't try to find it for this, but I swear I remember seeing a video of a 12, 13, 14 year old girl playing Eruption and looking bored as hell the entire time. It was like she was doing it to prove that she could do it and was kind of like actively trying to be an asshole at the camera (laughs) is what it looked like. But she did and she fucking played it. She's like drudging through it like, yeah, this is obnoxious that I have to do this. Oh, my fucking God, this part again. Because uh, really, like, applied to now, it's actually not that. There's way more interesting stuff being done in guitars. When shit is truly incredible, like, Hendrix was extremely influential. There's all kinds of shit you can point at as far as, like, what he influenced. Eddie Van Halen, not so much, man. Influential at the time, sure. Especially once they brought in... uh Sammy Hagar and leaned into like doing the power ballads thing. And then like you got white snake and all this shit happening. But after Nirvana came through, mm-hmm. I mean, no mm. one's playing guitar like this in popular music anymore. And there's a fucking reason the closest you're going to get is like some 41. And that dude was definitely referencing iron maiden way more than Eddie Van Halen. I think he was exclusively referencing probably <laughs> iron maiden didn't give a fuck about Eddie Van Halen. One thing I think a lot of music fans are not aware of is back in the day, Van Halen had a reputation for picking opening acts they believed were significantly worse than them so that Van Halen would always look better by comparison. That's not surprising at all. The number one note in my notes is absolutely top tier egotistical craziness. Eddie used to tell Michael Anthony to just hang out on the root note instead of playing around with the scale or whatever key they were in so that nobody would notice when, not if, when Eddie fucked up and played out of key. 
But these players over here, like hating like the fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever of all these scales, you're going to know when Eddie starts playing some wrong shit. But if he's just hanging out on the fucking one, right. you're not going to know when he messes up. Right. As long as he doesn't get away from the entire fucking mode, you're fine. But imagine having such an ego that you don't just hire a fucking rhythm guitar player to play the rhythm guitar parts. <clears throat> it's just got to be about him and my, oh, uh, look at that. Look at that. Wait, did you see this? Oh, shit. So the Shreds YouTube videos that people make, it come up on the show. I love those. Quite a lot. Yeah. There are Van Halen Shreds videos. I defy everyone listening to this. Go search Van Halen Shreds on YouTube. Tell me how long it takes you to decide whether or not what you're watching is actually Eddie Van Halen playing a guitar solo or someone fucking with you by replacing the audio. It's virtually indistinguishable from what he was actually playing. (laughs) It's insane because hitting a bunch of notes is not necessarily good music. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how fast you do it. (laughs) I love the ones, and maybe there's a Van Van Halen ones, where it looks like they're actually playing the parts that are in there. Dude, there are some good ones. Is that that fake? You're just like, okay, he had to be drunk this (laughs) night not what he's really playing but it looks like it and it doesn't sound that different from what he actually played yeah this is a guitar player who absolutely needed someone to argue with him and keep him from doing most of the things that he wanted to do but this is also a guitar player who was a control freak and would fire anyone who argued with him so it's just a lose-lose situation dude they fired the bass player just so his son could play bass man is anybody written a book about that? That's some fucked up. I actually, when I read that, I was like, I don't even know this guy. I, I, I actually felt bad for him. I was like, geez, dude, imagine playing with someone for all those years just to get booted so his son could play. Why not like make your son be like the good rhythm guitar player or something? Or why not say to your son, start your own band, son? There's a video, I mean, we're about to have to get into talking about Sammy Hagar joining the band anyway. There's a video, so like Sammy Hagar was in this band for a long time. Eddie Van Halen talked a lot of shit on Michael Anthony after firing him. And Sammy Hagar was in the band with Michael Anthony for years. And he felt compelled to make this video defending him where Eddie talked about all this shit about like how Michael wasn't a good bass player the whole time. And Sammy was like, that's nonsense. Like he was Mm -hmm. a fucking great bass player. Eddie said that he had to sit down with Michael and teach him everything that he played, like note for note, like had to show him how to play it. Mm Kind of like Julian Casablanca's really actually showing the strokes, how to play the shit that he wrote. Right. That's a real thing. But apparently this is not a real thing. Eddie was just being a dick. I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Come on, man. He's playing bass. And no offense to, I don't like give a shit. Bass is not really the hardest of all instruments to play. It's one of the most fun instruments to play because it's not hard. And definitely playing Van Halen songs is not well, really not the bass parts. No one's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The bass parts are not exactly like super difficult. So I can't fathom. Oh, he was just incapable of playing these very basic bass no. things after how many fucking years of doing it. Like, come on, man. So unnecessary. But that's like the ego, ego shit, man. I would just have so much more respect for everyone if he just did it because he's like, well, I wanted my son in the band. So I kicked him out. I'd actually, I'd actually <laughs> fucking respect that. I'd be like, oh, I don't shit, think, that's fucked up. I but, think it's man. more like you can just like, it's easier to tell your kid what to do than it is to tell an adult man that you're not related to what to do. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fuck. So we got to talk about like David Lee Roth, the breakup and bringing Sammy Hagar in. You got thoughts on that? I mean, 
in my opinion, uh, this is you know probably the best of Van Halen. I think I think Hagar Van Hagar Van Hagar was probably top tier. It still sucks, but you know if you're gonna look <laughs> look back at it, Hagar was. I mean, if he didn't get the boot, I think it would they would have had a real shot at being a, a good band long term. This is the most commercially successful period of the band. Yeah, I, I know that that's not what people. It's tend not to popular focus. to say. It's not what people truth. focus on, but this is when they started selling more albums than ever, including Jump. Like, yeah, Van Hagar outsold Van Halen by a lot. Well, this I think it probably upset some Van Halen fans to know that really, like, uh, a lot of people didn't give a fuck about the band until Jump came out. That's just the fucking truth, right? That era actually made the band and that probably is why people went back saying i only like dave era van halen is precisely the same thing as saying i only like black album metallica or earlier in that jump is this band's enter sandman and millions more people only came on board van halen at the point of jump anytime you're talking to someone who's old and like probably close to dying now anytime you're talking to someone who's like yeah i was there and i was like listening to david lee roth the whole time when he was with van halen and i really got pissed when sammy hagar joined up you're talking to a fucking liar like they weren't listening to van halen before before jump and then that that was like a millisecond before he was gone and then sammy hagar's in yeah, come on, man. Let's you just be honest with yourself. I will say I don't really give a fuck who's singing over this trash, but the entire philosophy in the songwriting of the band changed so much when they brought Sammy Hagar in that it's honestly pretty messed up that they even kept using the same band name. Should have changed the band name. Yeah. Whenever David Lee Roth used the word love in a song, he was either mocking love in general or using it the way Led Zeppelin used it as a euphemism for fucking because you can't say fucking on the radio, right? Right. When Sammy Hagar uses the word love, he's using it like a Hallmark greeting card. And that's basically all you need to know about the difference in these eras. Van Hagar was this band leaning into the power ballad thing the sound of all the worst bands who were influenced by Van Halen. It's that's Van Hagar. Everyone likes to tell me, well, they sold 56 million albums. How could they be bad? Well, I made a very short list of bands that have outsold Van Halen. (laughs) Good. That must be God's gift of fucking music, including Linkin Park. Wow. Everything you say to me. Wow. You know what Linkin Park did do? Embrace the rhythm guitar. And it worked. They sold more albums. And so did Britney Spears, the Backstreet Boys, and Pink. Amongst a whole bunch of others. That's the most damaging one. Pink? Fuck Pink. Her entire career is trash. I think she sold more than double. If Linda Perry is writing songs for you, they're not going to be good. Yeah. One of the worst songwriters of all time. Linda Perry. Well... Uh, Linda Perry and Pink outsold Van Halen considerably. (laughs) One thing I do want to talk about with this breakup is I love how sloppy it gets when some band with a giant audience, which they had gained through the jump video, kicks someone out of the band and replaces them. Like the drama that occurs at that moment is always beautiful. The one thing about David Lee Roth that's so annoying is how you can tell he's never actually 
had to try to do anything in his life. So he doesn't think that he has to try, you know, he's the kind of guy who will read a treatment for a music video, see where it says David tap dances here. And he thinks to himself, oh, that's going to be great. It's going to look fucking awesome when I tap dance there without also thinking, wait, I don't know how to tap dance. And you can see this because it's just like in the music videos. He just does some fake tap dancing. Yeah, this is what it is, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to do. Look, I can do this too. It's easy. David Lee Roth told some magazine talk a shit on Sammy Hagar. And he was like, yeah, well, that guy's going to have to sing Jump Every Night. Van Halen plays his show. And I'm never going to have to sing a Sammy Hagar song. So fuck him. So what Sammy did (laughs) at that point was at every Van Halen concert, he would pick someone from the audience and bring them on stage. And they have them sing Jump. (laughs) instead of him doing it himself i think he finally started singing himself in the 90s at some point but like for most of the time he was in the band would have an audience member come out and sing the song only because david lee roth talks shit in an interview can you imagine changing your whole job like changing what you do at your job just because someone talks shit you're getting paid a boat load literal fucking song of money every night you know what you know what music is? Music is people in the crowd going, dance, monkey, dance. They're paying to watch you make a fool of yourself and sing a bunch of songs that make them happy. That's why they get mad when you talk about politics. They don't want a monkey. <laughs> yeah, they don't want you to pull some random person up on stage to sing your biggest hit <laughs> probably ever in the history of your band. Just sing the fucking song, dude. I just paid dollar fifty or whatever. Might as well. can you fucking imagine how bad that had to be most nights oh god i would be so pissed also is anyone actually jumping like david lee roth had some moves not like great moves but he was jumping and doing splits and shit Uh, i don't i didn't watch any of it but i gotta assume also they're playing to an insane amount of tracks this is what happened on one of the recent reunion tours it was like after his son was on base and one of the most famous Van Halen concert goes south stories, which is that they were playing to tracks. I don't know the actual song, but what had happened is a few songs earlier, the way that Eddie plays guitar, it's going to fuck with the way that it's tuned. So like he's going to have to do corrective measures, correcting the way his instruments tune and with itself, like this is, it would take a long time to fucking explain what I'm talking about right now. But um, so like your guitar needs to sound good with, the strings on your guitar, not necessarily with anything else. So it's got to sound in tune with itself. So he's adjusting his guitar to sound in tune with itself. And Wolfgang over here on bass is like, oh, fuck, he's has changed his tuning. So now I have to change my tuning. So they're now in tune with each other. And the, they're the only stringed instruments on stage. And then they play the next song and the same thing. There's like adjustments and they're doing that. And then the next song has tracks which are oh not in, in the key of whatever in the key that those tracks are oh, recorded shit. in so they sounded in tune with each other but then as soon as these tracks come in oh fuck we're nowhere near what these tracks are doing and whatever their tuning was it was not in a way where you can just like go up one fret or down fret it's like right. in between a That's shit show it's fucking embarrassing the thing was, is that they didn't just stop. Okay, we're going to stop. Uh, we're going to tune it to concert pitch, use our tuners. We're going to restart, and then we'll be in tune with the tracks. He kept trying to fix it throughout the whole song, and it was just... I think you can find video of it if you are 
a sadist, <laughs> but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, imagine being a band for at that point, what, 50 years or some shit, yeah. roughly at that point, roughly, and you're still fucking up at that level is it's it's embarrassing it's absolutely embarrassing i was just thinking about jump and like all the i mean there's so much going on there like background vocal wise alone like it's got to sound thin and shitty when they just play it live and it's just one guitar and a bass and drums well when sammy hagar was in the band he also played rhythm guitar yeah but i mean like it wasn't like great or anything um, did you know that before they decided to hire Sammy Hagar, they were thinking about making an album where they just had a bunch of guest vocalists on every song? The list of people included Phil Collins. I and did. Singing, singing Pete Townsend. Wasn't there something where uh, I saw some, I didn't actually read it. I saw a video where they, was Gene Simmons like in there or something? They thought what about was that No, about? no, 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 no. I think that Eddie Van Halen tried to join Kiss. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I think Eddie Van Halen was like, hey, do you uh, want me to be in your band? And Gene oh, Simmons shit. was like, no, I, I think like, you much. should do your thing and then I'll do mine thing. <laughs> That's too and much. It's like, it's okay. Oh, my God. Uh, so we always love it when bands have done stupid commercials for some product oh, or company or my something. My favorite beverage of all time. Um, we're not going to put a clip in it because the commercial just uses the song and there's no oh. other text to it. But Van Hagar let Pepsi use the song right now yep. for Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi. Remember Crystal Pepsi? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it yeah. only lasted for like a year. So a lot of people listening to this might not even know this was a thing. It was a very failed product. I think it was 1992 when Pepsi decided to offer a caffeine-free version of their drink that was also clear. Was it like, caffeine-free? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because well, it was diet trend that was happening oh, at the time. Okay. Like sweating to the oldies had right. broke at this time. Yeah, it tasted like shit. It was like, fucking disgusting. I guess it performed really well in some test markets. Like they sent it to a few test markets yeah. and it did really well, but... It was how many people buy it the first time and they didn't actually do studies on like how many people bought it a second time. Right, yeah. So people bought it because they were curious, but no one fucking liked it. They thought that it was huge. So they dumped all this money into it, including wow. getting this song on it. And then it just tanked. Yo, I'm straight up a Pepsi guy. Fuck Coke, Pepsi for life. But Clear Crystal Pepsi was absolutely fucking atrocious. And I do remember that commercial. It's a shame we can't put it in there because it would be funny. It's just a song. I know. Yeah. Which doesn't even sound like a Van Halen song. Right now makes no sense as a Van Halen song. If you listen to 5150, it doesn't... It doesn't sound yeah, anything doesn't like sound a Van that, Halen song. Yeah. Just like Aerosmith releases Get a Grip, which is nothing like that made Aerosmith what they were. Atrocious the whole time. I do find it interesting that Sammy Hagar's relationship with Eddie Van Halen also went to shit. I think the perception most people had for a long time was that, well, because David Lee Roth is such a huge personality. Yeah. It's obvious that he must have been the asshole in the original breakup, right? But then like the longer everything plays out, it looks like maybe not so much, or at least he wasn't the only asshole in the situation. Yeah. Because the more people worked with Eddie Van Halen, a hundred percent of them <laughs> no that guy's an asshole yeah i mean i just think it's really the power of a massive you cannot have two people in a band with egos that big there's a reason why hardly anyone apart from music nerds that like to know dumb shit even know who the drummer is even though it's his fucking brother most people don't know that or who even the bass player's name was they know the two massive soul-sucking, suck-up black holes of energy egos that were 
those two. The band is named Van Halen. Oh, that's another example of ego. But like that was David Lee Roth was looking at Santana and he was like, they named the whole band after the guitar player. Yeah. We should do that with you. That's Which by the us. way, Van Halen is a pretty fucking awesome last name. Sure. No, and killer. Cool, killer name. Cool name for a band Yo, for sure. Fucking A. I just want to read the actual article that I found in Guitar World telling the story about the time that Van Halen pulled a gun on Fred Durst. Eddie Van Halen, not the whole band. Yes, Eddie Van Halen <laughs> specifically. So Limp Bizkit, as we know, had their tumultuous times. West Borland left the band for a while and Limp Bizkit was going to continue. So somebody uh, whispers in Eddie Van Halen's ear, you should go play with Limp Bizkit, see how it goes. You never know. So he goes and he, of course, is got a literally like Has his mind blown by superior musicianship. Yes. So his ego is so fragile. He can't handle being in a room with people that are equally as good as him. So like Durst, obviously being the prolific writer that he is and the band being so talented, but he's got to be like, well, they're nowhere as talented as me. So he jams with them for a little while and then he leaves and goes home and just cries about literally says something along the lines of, I felt like, you know, a, a genius amongst morons or whatever he said. Basically that was it. So he realizes, I guess at some point he left his guitar, which is literally his entire life. Although, and his fucking fault for leaving this shit there in the first yeah, place. He just bails Keep that in mind as this story progresses. Serious asshole just bails so hard on this that he doesn't even bother grabbing his own instruments when he leaves. He is known for being a guitar player, but yet leaves his shit there. Anyways, he messages Fred of the band the next day saying, Hey, can I come grab my shit? You know, which is also weird. The guy's worth probably a hundred million fucking dollars or some obscene amount of money. Uh, Rather than just being like, fuck it. He's like, I got to, they don't respond. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go get my shit. And the story actually goes into a little bit of what he was driving, which blew my mind. It's like a sports car. He did indeed. Oh, no, no, no. It's an army vehicle. Yes. Yes. Uh, Eddie once bought an assault vehicle from a military auction. So he rolls up wearing no shirt, his hair and his samurai samurai bun on top of his head his jeans held up with a strand of rope and combat boots held together by duct tape and had a gun this guy's a in millionaire what in the fuck is going on why does any van alien even have duct tape he's a millionaire buy a new one like whatever it is <laughs> buy a new one <laughs> dude listen he said and i quote that asshole talking about fred durst answered the door i put the gun to that stupid fucking red hat of his and said Where's my shit, motherfucker? That fucking guy just turned to one of his employees and starts yelling at him, grab my shit. He continues, Eddie Van Halen stood in the front lawn on a residential home in Beverly Hills in broad daylight, smoking a cigarette while holding a gun on Fred Durst as he went back and forth from the house to the assault vehicle, lugging amps and guitars. What the fuck? That's, that's pure fucking lunacy man like that is unhinged crazy shit that no normal functioning person does okay first of all you're mega rich buy new shit who cares you all can keep it second of all you're mega rich send your assistant or some random schmuck that you know to go get your shit it sounds like it was like less than 48 hours it's not like he (laughs) this was like months where you're dealing with uh 
dispute with your credit card company who won't acknowledge that you no. got scammed by someone or something. From the like, article, it makes it seem like it was the next day, <laughs> if not if not a very short window of time. Oh, man. Even, okay, even if you decide that it's a good idea to show up there and ask for your stuff back or get your stuff back, that's not weird. You could just say, hey, man, can I get my stuff back? And they'd go, oh, Sure, of course but you did, can. Didn't you say that he also like didn't respond to a message from Fred Durst? Yes, where- oh, he messaged Fred and Fred did, had not okay. responded. But they made it seem like it was a very short window. It'd be like me texting Dude, you. I shut my phone off for weeks at a time. Yes, I know. I'm very familiar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's obviously this, he's, his ego was so huge that he felt like he had to go point a gun at someone to ask really simple questions such as, can I get my shit back? Which they're not holding hostage. Now, if the story was Fred Durst wants your fucking guitar gear. If the story was Fred responded, fuck Fuck you, I'm keeping it. Yes, exactly. my shit now, Eddie. Shit's on eBay already, motherfucker. Like, okay, maybe you have a point, but like, they're not holding your shit hostage. You know what I'm saying? It's there, ready for you to go get it, dude. Just go get it. Also, the fact that it's Limp Biscuit of all fucking bands. Well, that's makes what I was gonna say. Better. Like, why did he even go to this in the first place? Because like, all he would have needed to do press play on any Limp Biscuit song. Yeah. Why are you taking this meeting if you're not? That's interested? the thing, too. Uh, all for all the Limp Biscuit hating, Van Halen loving people listening to this podcast. If Limp Biscuit was so fucking bad, why would? God tier guitar player yeah. Eddie Van Halen even take the meeting. Obviously, he listened to it, and obviously, he recognized there's talent there. They were obviously doing something that he was interested in, maybe being a part of, and it didn't work out. So he went full Looney Tunes and threatened Fred Durst with a gun. That is crazy shit. If Van Halen is your favorite band, your favorite band. Sir! You're welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. Go to yfbspod.com to get a link to this episode and share it with as many people as you think should hear it. While you're on the website, visit the merch store to get a t-shirt or some stickers or a gift card for someone else or hell, you can just leave us a tip if you want to support the show. If you've got anything to say to us that's worth hearing, then you can find our page on anchor.fm to leave us a voicemail. And maybe someday we'll do an episode featuring sound clips from fans and haters alike. Alright, we've done a lot of pop and dumbass party music episodes lately, so I feel like it's about time to cover some sad bastard bullshit. Come back in a couple weeks to hear us tear Ryan Adams into about a thousand pieces and let him float away gently in the wind.